0: Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show.
1: Hits.
0: Let me get to an email here if I can. And it says, hi Niall, I have a very sensitive story for you to discuss in your show, but please do not give out my name. Here it goes. I have a beautiful daughter. She's 21 years of age. She was extremely happy growing up. But her the teenage years were particularly difficult for her. Bullying in her school came into the mix. She started college and she seemed to settle well. And then COVID hit and the isolation from friends and losing her job really hit her hard. Initially, when we went to the doctor, she was prescribed antidepressants with a view to seeing a psychotherapist. She has come off the medication and she told me, uh, told my husband and I uh, the other day that she wants to stop seeing the therapist as she believes it isn't making any difference and it isn't helping and it leaves her feeling worse. She has only had a couple of sessions with a therapist, but she refuses to compromise with me. It breaks my heart to see this dark cloud over my little girl, and I'm wiping tears off my face as I write to you. It is breaking my heart and worrying if she continues going the way she is, I will find her I I will wake up one day to find her dead. How can I make her see sense? I can't come on your show for obvious reasons, but I will be listening. So I'm just looking really for advice now. Thanks. Now that is is the case all across the country, because depression is something that doesn't just affect adults, and we all know it affects adults very badly, but affects young adults and teenagers in their late teens as well, because they're starting to get responsibilities in life, like getting a job, having money, a relationship. All those different things can have a huge effect on your mental health and how you react and how you handle all those different aspects of life. As a young child, you have very little worries, thankfully, the worst thing you have is when you get a bag of sweets at the end of the day, probably. Or maybe in school, you might be going through some difficulties. But as you get older, particularly in secondary school, when you have your junior cert and your leaving cert, you have older children and more mature children, maybe bullying you or whatever it happens to be, life's pressures can get you down very easily. And the WHO only recently had said that we're not dealing very well with mental health. Because as a government... they are responsible for not only our physical health, but our societal health and our mental health. And mental health is no different to physical health. Um, The only difference is you can't see it. So if somebody walks into the studio with a broken leg, I'll open the door for them. Um, I'll get their seat for them. I'll help them because I can recognize immediately that they have a broken leg because they're on crutches and they've got a cast on. But if somebody comes in with depression, I might not recognize that because they may have a smile on their face and they walk in the door. And I will speak to them just like I speak to anybody else. So I don't recognise their mental health difficulty. I don't recognise their injury, their illness, because it's a mental illness. So how do you deal with that? And maybe you've been through that, particularly with a loved one, be it a husband or a wife or a daughter in this particular case, a young person. How do you teach them or help them to get through what is usually a temporary situation in their lives? For some people, it can go on for a long time, but for some, it can be... I don't know, maybe it's the loss of a loved one or something like that or maybe it's the difficulties of an exam or getting a job or losing a job and that can be temporary. You know, you can get past that in a few months or maybe a year uh, whereas sometimes with some people it can go on for years and years and years. But I want to know how you help them to get through to that to get through that, because this mother's having serious difficulty and she's worried sick that she's going to wake up as she said and found her daughter dead. That's how desperate she is. She's tried, well, look in this country the first thing that happens is you go to a doctor and... Sadly, the first thing they'll do is just prescribe antibiotics or antidepressants, which is sometimes is not the answer. We overprescribe. For some people, it works, but it shouldn't be the first port of call. Talk therapy should be. Talking to people should be. But then again, you can go to the wrong therapist who's useless and make things worse. So what do you do? How do you help them? Maybe you've been in that position with your own daughter, your own son, your own husband or wife. What did you do and how did you help them to get to the other side of that darkness? The number is 087-188-008. That's 087-188-008. Maybe you can help. All right, keep texting, keep WhatsApping The numbers 87 Maybe you've had some experience and you can kind of help this poor mother who's going to a very difficult situation with her 21-year-old daughter who's finding life a little bit difficult because of things that happened. She started college, lost her job, a few different things that happened, obviously during COVID and obviously she experienced, she mentioned bullying in her school as well, um, probably in her teenage years. So she saw a therapist, she was on antidepressants, but she's gone off again and she's stopped seeing the therapist because she believes it isn't helping her, it's making her feel worse. So what can the mother do to help? It's a very desperate situation, isn't it? Uh, Megan, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing?
2: I'm good, how are you?
0: Now, Megan, you had a similar situation. when uh, I mean, you're only 18 years of age.
2: Yeah, I am. I am. And
0: you had a similar situation. And, and see, people when we think about depression we think of older people I suppose we think of adults when I say adults we think of older adults we don't think of young adults we think that actually they haven't got a worry in the world you know but you do
2: yeah it's it's a lot it's a lot different um, having depression from a young age because it kind of it, it really affects your outlook on life mm-hmm. um, so you know there was a time there where I didn't even think I'd make it to 18 and stuff so like it is
0: it I'm is so sorry hard. to hear that by the way I'm really sorry to hear that
2: yeah, it's just, it is hard, you know, like, and especially in COVID times, it was just, it was a lot worse.
0: And how did it start for you? Was it like when you kind of started in secondary school? Because that's when really, I suppose, all the worries start for a young person with exams and obviously meeting your peers and bullying can happen as well. So when when did it start for you or when did you notice it first?
2: Um, well, I had always kind of had anxiety as a kid and stuff, but the depression really kind of kicked off for me. Um, just before I went into first year, my stepdad passed away kind of unexpectedly. And that I'm was sorry to of, hear that. Yeah, it was just kind of, you know, I was only 12 and no one that close to me had really died before. And then I went through a lot of losses in the years following. So it was kind of having to deal with that and secondary school. And then obviously exams don't help. Um, I actually left secondary school just last year when I was in sixth year because I couldn't. Handle doing the leaving starts and stuff. And I think the mental health facilities in Ireland are not great when it comes to anyone, but no. especially when it comes to people in school, because they don't consider, you know, how it really is affecting us, especially since we went through COVID during school time.
0: And see, this is the thing, if you were sick in school, so you were physically sick or you broke your arm or broke your leg or, you know, or you had an illness that was recognisable or visible, they would help you to deal with that, and they would come up to with some arrangements to try and figure it out for you and work it out for you. But yeah, when you have a mental health problem, because it's invisible, you don't get that same assistance, really, do you?
2: Yeah, it's no, it's it's almost as if they want you to prove that you're not well. And um, it's it's no matter. Like I I missed a lot of school, and I remember I think it was um, the May before my junior start. I even spoke to my year head, and I said, "Listen, I like, I'm struggling really bad," and she was like, "Well, just focus on the junior start because that's more important than anything else at the moment." and Hearing that, it just kind of set me up for like, you know, I'm just not going to be able to hold on to the leaving shirt. It's like that's the junior shirt.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you felt kind of dismissed, I suppose. Is that is that the way you felt?
2: Yeah. 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 Um, and like, I used to be in therapy. I missed one day of school a week to go to therapy and I'd always get in trouble for missing school. And, you know, it's kind of like I'm taking one day out. It's not like I'm missing my homework. I'm doing it all. It's just I need that day for myself.
0: Yeah, and, and and that's important, If you're particularly if you're in that situation and you are feeling depressed, that you get that therapy. And how how did the therapy work for you?
2: It, at first, I was kind of not really enjoying it, but I think it depends on the therapist that you have and the kind of therapy you're getting. Now, I had cognitive behavioral therapies. That kind of focuses on the anxiety, because that was my main issue at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think it does depend on the individual and their outlook on life. Now, I haven't been in therapy in a year. Um, I think I'm still on a waiting list to go back because I said that I wanted therapy for six years, but sure, I've left now and I'm still waiting for therapy um, and I'm on antidepressants. So I think therapy can work positively to a certain extent, but then, you know, it's kind of like they don't really know what to do with you pass a certain point. It's kind of like, you know, they're trying to teach you you have to go and do it yourself
1: kind yeah. of
2: thing, you know? So it, it does depend on the type of person. Like my mom... Has done therapy and she didn't really find it worked for her, and I, I have a sibling who did therapy and didn't really work for them. And then, you know, it worked really well for me. So it it does depend on the individual.
0: I suppose it depends on the therapist as well. You know, what I mean, I mean, there's probably good therapists and there's probably bad ones yeah. as well. You know, who don't really understand you or have an understanding of what you're thinking in your life.
2: Yeah, and I think it's very important for a therapist to not kind of define how you feel down to one thing. I remember I had a therapist who kept just saying, oh, well, that's because, you know, your stepdad passed away. That's the reason for all this. And I kind of felt like she was not dismissing me, but, you know, she was kind of just blaming it on the one thing when there was a lot of things going on in my life.
0: Mm -hmm. So, you know,
2: I think they really have to listen to you.
0: And when you say you suffered, you know, greatly with anxiety, I mean, how did that manifest itself? Did you feel physically sick? I mean, did you get pains? Some people describe pains in their arms, all sorts of things. I mean, how did it make you feel? The anxiety i
2: used to when, when i was younger i didn't really know i had anxiety i used to always say like i had a sick stomach it used to really really affect me and i used to miss a lot of school and i went to the doctor loads of times and i just could never figure out what was going on you know if i had stomach problems or anything and now that i look back i realize that it's anxiety and especially i had really bad social anxiety and um, obviously covid didn't really help that because you know you have to get back out there and stuff but yeah yeah, it did, and um, you know, shaky hands and stuff. And it was it was embarrassing as a child because I didn't know what was going on with me, and I thought I was, you know, not like people. It.
0: And did people think you were kind of faking it, or so? Did you get the impression that people thought, oh, don't mind her; she's not sick at all. She's just faking it, looking for time off school." It, yeah, it
1: was,
2: I did not from my parents. Thank God, because my mom was very understanding, you know, my stepdad was. But I think from the teachers, they were kind of like, you know, not really understanding. But it's not because. They didn't know what it was it's just that in the school system you're like told okay if you're sick you have to prove that you're sick with doctors or else you know you're gonna get in trouble mm-hmm. and how how can you prove you know that you were feeling anxious like unless because the doctors can't say what's going on in your head unless you tell them and you know some people don't feel comfortable telling the doctor so it's hard to prove Because, yeah, depression can
0: be quite a private thing as well to some degree. I mean, we should we should be a bit more open the way we talk about it. And, you know, I think all of us, including myself, have struggled with depression by times over different things that happen in our lives. But, you know, we need to be, I suppose, more open about how we talk about it, because you're right. I mean, if you were in school and you had something wrong with you physically, like a sick stomach or you had, I don't know, a disease or an illness or an infection or COVID or whatever it happens to be, you know, we're happy to talk about that. And we share our stories with our friends and, oh, I was up all night at a temperature or whatever it is. But yet when you have a mental health difficulty or a depression or anxiety or whatever it is, we kind of get a bit embarrassed to talk about it.
2: Yeah, and I think people kind of, it's they're not used to hearing about it and, you know, depression can be a long-lasting thing and I think... People kind of will get sick of hearing the same stories, and they'll tell you that, you know, if if you have a reoccurring sinus infection, they're going to be like, oh, you know, try these things. But if you go, oh, I've suffered with depression because of this that happened, you know, six seven years ago, they're going to be like, I've heard this story a hundred times, you know, you kind of get over it. Cheer thing. up,
0: yeah, cheer up, there, yeah, yeah and that, that's um, the last thing you say to somebody with depression is cheer up, yeah,
2: yeah, up, up on the bright side, and <laughs> it, it it doesn't seem like there's any bright side at at that at time, that time,
0: no. no. No, and I and I know that feeling, and I and I've been in that place too. I think many of us have. And how are you now, Megan?
2: Um, you know, I'm I'm not a hundred percent. I don't think I'll ever be a hundred percent. You know, because depression is like there's no cure for it. I think I'll always have this, but I, I'm on antidepressants, and that does help me, you know, a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, surrounding yourself with people that won't criticize you for not being able to make make events or. You know, not being able to turn up to plans will really help. Um, my family is very supportive and I have a supportive of boyfriend and stuff. So I think stuff like that and just realizing that you have to do things for yourself. I know I got a lot of um, slack off my peers or teachers or anything for dropping out of school because I couldn't handle it with the mental health. And they're like, no, just stick it out, you know. But I think I have to realize that I did that for myself. I'm a lot happier since I did that. And um, I suppose it's that
0: acceptance to- that you have good days and bad days. Uh, hopefully is, hopefully yeah. more good ones than bad ones.
2: Yeah, I know it is, it can be very hard, especially when COVID was around, it felt like every day was the same. And, you know, now it's kind of still hard to get out there because there are the fear of, you know, what happens if you go back into lockdown. But I think it's, you know, if you wake up with a bad mindset, it's not your fault that that's how you wake up. Um, And Mm. I think you have to check every day as it comes and just look for even the smallest thing that is good. And I know that's kind of hard, you know, if you just, oh, I'm going to finish this book today and kind of, you have to have motivation because some yeah. days it is hard to get out of bed.
0: Because it it is hard to focus on what you really want to do when you're when you're feeling down or feeling depressed. Because you tend to just want to put everything off till the next day, or i oh, sure I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow.
2: Yeah,
0: and you want to put everything off. Yeah, and um, yeah. And in, in relation to this particular email from this mother, I mean, what she says, uh, you know, that it breaks my heart to see this very dark head over my little girl and I'm wiping away the tears from my face. And she also says that she's terrified she's going to wake up some morning and find her dead. Now, I know you did self-harm yourself. And I'm, I'm yeah. very sorry to hear that. And I, and I hope that part or that, that chapter is slowly fading away from you now. And I hope things are a little bit better for you now. But what advice would you give this mother, from a young person yourself or a young adult yourself, what advice would you give her?
2: I think the best thing that she's doing is just being understanding of her daughter and how, how she feels, because, you know, there's nothing worse than if the mother was kind of dismissing it or anything. And I think just reassuring that her daughter, that she's always there for her and will always be there for her. And I think she's doing the best job she can because she's not a doctor, you know, she can't, she can't fix anything as they say. So I think, if she is really worried, I know my mom kind of struggled with the same thing, wanting to check up on me every night and stuff. So I think just if if it gives her peace of mind, maybe set an alarm and you know go into her and check on her and
0: mm-hmm. see she just her if she's Okay, okay,
2: yeah. yeah. And then was that by the way? Is
0: that is can that be irritating sometimes as well? If people keep saying, "Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? How are you feeling? Are you okay today?" Does and that in itself think- be annoying sometimes?
2: Sometimes you know when it's visibly obvious. You know if you're crying and someone goes, "Oh, are you okay?" You're kind of want to go, "Well, well clearly not."
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> I think if it's coming from a good place, I don't really mind. Like some of my friends that I don't talk to regularly, sometimes I'll get a text off them saying, "Hey, it's been a while. How are you doing?" And I don't mind that. But if you're constantly, you know, <laughs> every day, did you, seven, did, did you find those?
0: Of- did you find a phone call from a friend or even a text like you said there, where you could respond by ringing them and you know for a chat? Did you find that kind of stuff helped you?
2: Yeah, it really did. Even like now, I have certain friends that I'll only speak to like once every few weeks because, you know, we're busy and we don't really talk that much. Um, And I'll just kind of talk to them and tell them what's going on. And they'll kind of be unbiased because they don't really, you know, we don't really speak as much, so they won't really know what's going on. And they'll kind of just listen to me rant <laughs> you know that kind of thing
0: yeah yeah well look i i'm glad i'm going to say you're on the other side but you're not on the other side of it i mean it's something that will affect you and that you have to keep an eye on and be very careful with as well but i'm glad yeah. certainly that you certainly have acknowledged it now and you're and you seem to be more in control of it now i suppose
2: yeah yeah i think i am and you know little things like i have a part-time job and it's just even getting up and going to that job and feeling yeah. accomplished Stuff like that really helps, and as I said, just people around you having a support system. I'm very lucky with my mum, especially me and her, very close, and she really helps me, and I help her because you know we all have our own mental health problems, yeah. and it's nothing to be ashamed of.
0: Well, listen, just talking to your mum should be very proud of you because I, I think you have a very good handle on the whole thing about how you feel yourself, which is the most important thing, by the way, is understanding how you feel yourself. So I think you've a really yes. good handle on it and I think you expressed it very well today. So I think your mom should be very proud of you and the way you've dealt Thank with that. You. Listen, Megan, I wish you well, all right, and, and I hope things look up for you and I hope you have a wonderful, bright future. All right?
2: Thank you very
0: much. All right, thanks very much indeed. I'm going to come to Peter after the break as well. And by the way, I will give out some helpline numbers too at the end of the show if anybody experiences or has experienced depression. Uh, and needs to talk to somebody. Let me go to Peter. Peter, you're in Ireland's classic hits. Peter, it's extremely upsetting to hear. You know, young people particularly, and I and I know yeah. I should be upset by listening to everybody who suffered from depression, but particularly young people. But you went through the same situation yourself.
1: I did. Yeah, it's it's very hard to hear actually at that age because usually you think to yourself when you hear, um, typically between sixteen and eighteen, oh. You know, it's such an easy life, oh, I wish I was back in school. And We all say hear that, all the oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's one yeah. of those where you go. And I do, to be honest now, in the big bad world now, I'm kind of thinking, Jesus, if only another year back in school, I'd be as happy, you know? Yeah. But you don't realise what's going through the young students' brains either, and that's what's really hard to hear. I was listening to Megan there, and it, was, it kind of pushed the nerve with me as well. It was kind of hit home with a certain thing she was saying, And a lot of what she was saying is probably what this girl is going through herself with her mother as well when came in in the email. Yeah. Um, And it's very relatable what she was saying. It's kind of hard to to pinpoint what way depression hits you. can hit people in very different ways, you know? And what what Um, age were
0: you when you first kind of experienced...
1: I would have been in my 20s when I first encountered. um, I was kind of quite lucky... um, I had kind of a, a decent young life and I wasn't really I, I bullied a little bit in school but never really had it get to me, didn't bother me. I was quite successful in football and made it over to England for a while and played over there and I was quite happy in life growing yeah. up. Um everything was good, it was going well. And then I got a bad injury and that kinda of crashed everything around me when I was playing football. So um, that did, did
0: that destroy the the possibility of the future career
1: in, in football, it, yeah? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I was I was told that he kind of between kinda of twenty, twenty one that I'd never walk again.
0: Oh gosh. What um, happened to you by the way?
1: Yeah, I was in a bad tackle in football but there's two two lads came in and okay. tackled me either side and both of them broke my leg at the same time. Oh god. So uh it broke in about three or four places, so it was kind of a horrific one. But um at that point when you're twenty one you're kinda
0: of Your dreams getting, are shattered, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're you're kind of on the fringe of the team at that point. You know, there's seventeen year olds coming up behind you and they're as good as you and they're younger, they're fitter, and you're lying in the hospital bed getting told you don't know whether you're going to be right or wrong and that's it, And, and you know you're that out time. you're
0: out of the game for at least six months anyway. And then and then by the time that you get through that everybody else has come up ahead of you.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, and I think that that kinda of probably kick started it where you're lying in the hospital bed feeling sorry for yourself, you're thinking, Why did I go in for that tackle? Why did I do this? Why did I do that? you get all these whys and ifs and buts and everything goes through your head. You know, obviously when you're lying in a hospital bed, you have so much time for yourself to think. You know, and you, when you're thinking, you're your own worst demon, you know.
0: Of course, yeah, the devil makes and work for idle hands, as they say, Absolutely, yeah. as they yeah. say,
1: yeah. And um, it's kind of, it, it. I got through that and that was fine. You know, I got back up running, despite the doctor telling me I wouldn't walk again. I got out of my chair and I walked after about seven months. And um, he told me, if I walked, fair play to you, you probably won't play sports again and a year and a month or so in a bit went back and played soccer again went against everything the doctor told me <laughs> yeah <laughs> as everyone does and so i got myself back on my feet really happy with everything again everything was cool got myself a job kind of settled into the fact that okay i was no longer going to be a professional footballer i need to go on a different angle you get a
0: career going here yeah and get
1: a career going yeah which was hard because i had left school at a young age i left school when i was 16 and to go and pursue football. So I actually hadn't taken I left just after junior start. Done really well in the junior start, but I had no leave there. Yeah, that's then, that's the
0: problem with pursuing the dream, isn't it? Of course, exactly you, it. You, you, you have, have to, to neglect something, yeah. You have yeah, to yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, you know, and and then you're you're twenty two, twenty three with the kind of no experience and very little education. It was kind of it was a tough road to be honest with you. Okay. Um but then I kind of came out of it, got good and that was okay. I went self-employed, set up my own business and and went from there. Um, And then um, around about four or five years ago, um, I just financially, things were kind of struggling. Um, Myself and my partner were after getting a new house and bills were kind of racking up and the job wasn't going the way it was supposed to be going. And things just really started to get in on me. And just, you know. uh, I, I, is that is felt, that a male
0: thing, by the way? Because I sadly the suicide rates obviously amongst young men is ha- a lot higher than it is amongst women, and yeah. a lot of it is for financial reasons and not being able to provide. Yeah. Is is that is that kind of inbuilt thing in us as I men think, that we feel this need to provide?
1: I think I think it is. It's it's traumatic. Um, I felt like I was letting everyone down because yeah. I couldn't provide. Yeah. Um, and obviously with this day and age, when you think of it, when you hear all the stories and you hear people now to talk about it, especially. With all the Me Too movements and the feminists and everything flying around the place now, um, you you hear in more so now where the feminine the feminist side of things they all want to support themselves and they don't want to be supported. <laughs> they want to go out and they want to work. And I won't go into that topic, guys, right, because that's yeah. fair to another argument. But. From that point of view, it shouldn't be down to the man to support the family because of this whole new movement that's come into the place where... Yeah, everybody, everybody's and, equal, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But we However, still, it still seems we to be built into it, our
0: DNA, doesn't it? It
1: is built into it, yeah. Uh, whether it's, it's going back in time or whatever the case may be, it's, it's, still in your, it's still in your makeup that you feel, okay, I have a partner, I have kids, I have a house, I need to make this work.
0: I need to look after them. Yeah. 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 My dad did it for us, I'm going to do it for them.
1: Yeah. Yes. Exactly. You know, and you put yourself under so much unnecessary pressure. You know, if it was a case that I had of maybe, like looking back at it now, the easy way around it would have been to go to my partner and say, listen, this isn't working. I can't make it work. I can't do it. Can you help me? In theory, that's all I needed to do.
0: Did your pride stop you doing that?
1: It did. To be honest with you, um yeah. I didn't want to admit that I was failing is one side of it. Yeah. I didn't want to admit that I was letting people down. I figured I was letting everyone down.
0: And when um, you were you then borrowing getting yourself deeper in debt yes. and making
1: it worse. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, I got to the point that um I was afraid to come, I was I was delaying coming home from work in the evening time. Wow. Um because I couldn't face the kids. I was I was staying out knowing that the kids would go to bed between half seven and eight o'clock, I'd stay out till kind of eight, half eight, and knowing that that they would be gone to bed, so then it would make it easier then to say, right, well, all I have to do is face her now for an hour or two before we go to bed, and then I can go off to work again. And it just got into an office fight. And it affects
0: everything. It affects your relationship with your partner, your relationship with your children. With
1: my kids. I couldn't look at my kids. So you you felt felt like a failure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, because...
0: I'm so sorry um, to hear that, Peter. That's really sad. You know, and, and and I can relate to it and I understand exactly how it, when, yeah. when I was married, the same thing, you know, I, I worked day and night sometimes to make sure that they had everything that I didn't have maybe as a child. And yeah. and if you couldn't do that, you felt like you were
1: failing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and I can see, like, coming from the email, I was listening to the email you read out and I see from, like, from certain aspects of it um, what the, like, what the mother's going through I understand completely because, um, it is very hard to get someone to open up when they don't want to. Um, like, uh, it didn't make a difference to me when I was going through the, the the hardest part of it. It wouldn't have made a difference to me if Santa Claus had walked in and sat down with me and said, "Okay, what's wrong with you, Peter?" I still wouldn't have opened up. Do you know it made no. I've, I've only
0: let's let, let's leave the email aside for a second because I've only got a minute and I don't want to cut you too short. But how are you now?
1: I'm I'm doing well now. Yeah, um, good. I'm, good. Doing I'm well, glad like, to hear I'm, that. I'm, I went on to um I went on and on a little core. i had done about four weeks of counselling and then I was putting antidepressants for a little while um and I came off of myself. The doctor told me the doctor told me I was supposed to wean myself off them. Okay, well you just stopped, I was actually did you? on hundred I was on hundred milligrams at the time and then he put me up to two hundred milligrams. Which is quite severe. Um that was kinda how I was at. Only for I do you know you know hold obviously. I do. Um, so I know I'm, it. I
0: know it too well. By the way, it's it's well documented. It's actually I it was quite public. I was quite public about it in the newspaper I, yeah. five years ago. I stood on top of it and was. Uh, I probably wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for a phone call I got. So I know. how well. I know it very well.
1: I'm. I'm exactly the exact same thing. Four years ago, actually, next month, um, mm-hmm. I sat open in my van and yeah. I left the handbrake off. And I was starting to roll. And then yeah. if someone came in and jumped in and pulled the handbrake and pulled me out of the van, I probably wouldn't be here.
0: I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry you to know? hear and know, that. I know that place, I
1: decided, yeah. You know, so from that point of view, I was at that point, right? Um, and yeah. now everyone always said to me that this is this is one thing that drives me mad, is everyone said to me, Oh, you know what? Go to Pieta House and they will sort you out. They're the greatest people ever. and um, they do so much fundraising, they do so much helping, and they help good and they do all this. I've four years now since I sat up in my van. And I still haven't
0: heard from the eight house. Mm-hmm. Some yeah. people, some people, uh, I know people have good experiences, but I also know people who've had bad experiences
1: as well. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't down okay. to them that I can help, but you know, with but
0: look, just because unfortunately, I, I, I'm time is my enemy here, unfortunately, okay. um, and uh, because I am limited, but, but I am happy that you're doing a lot better now. Uh, sure, I, but
1: you, just before just before I go, I know you're conscious of the time as well. Just before I go, to help the mother as well, if she is listening, if she can get some of the friends that are around her to suggest that they're on antidepressants as well. That they're going through the same scenario that they're on antidepressants. Because the stigma with antidepressants is that I am struggling. Yeah. So if they suggest that they're on antidepressants as well, that will help her open up. I found it an awful lot easier to speak to people who told me that they were on antidepressants than people that weren't.
0: Yeah, to speak to like minded people so you know you're not in your own. Even yeah. if
1: they're not Even suggested that one out of the few with a group or something, one of them suggested
0: that
1: it'll open her up and once she opens up, then it'll make things easier.
0: All right. Well, listen, that would be
1: my suggestion. All right,
0: Peter. Listen, it's been lovely talking to you, and I'm glad things are back on the mend again. I'm glad Great things so. are better for you, and I know exactly where you were and how you felt at the time. Listen, thank you very so, much for sharing perfect. the story with us. All right, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. By the way, the number for the Samaritans, if you have been affected by any of this, is one one six one two three. Or you can ring uh, Aware at one eight hundred eighty forty eight forty eight. We'll take a few more calls after the break. Uh, the number is zero eight seven one double eight treble zero eight. We're getting some really good advice today, Dorothy. You're in Ireland's classic kids. How are you doing, Dorothy?
3: Hi, how are you, Niall? I'm good. Um, Yeah, I heard that that, that earlier as well. Um, I've been in that position now, albeit I think my son might have been quite a bit younger um, at the time. um, uh, He was 13 or 14 when um, he started having issues and um, he's now 21 and I can't believe that, um, as I would say, he's come out the other side. He's absolutely doing fantastic and I never thought I'd see the day where I'd be in this position with him. He was so unwell. Um, But um, my biggest issue through all of his um, illness was there was no support for me, Niall. There's no support for the parents out there. Um, I had nobody to talk to. I had nobody to get advice from. Um, because at the end of the day, when they leave the psychotherapist's office, you have to deal with them. You have to look after them. You have to make sure they're well. Um, and you have yeah. to choose to do that. Um, and there's nobody there to help you. I mean, I, I you know it's,
0: I mean, it's difficult enough with three children. It's difficult enough raising yeah. children, knowing what to do you know, to deal with problems. Yeah. But then when you have and a complication like that,
3: absolutely, there's no and, advice for you. No, and my son is the I mean, I have five children, he's the youngest of five, um and they and and he was sporty. He was um he was he was he was good at everything he did and then all of a sudden um his just everything came crashing down. Um and dare I say it, it was I mean I heard um one of your speakers earlier saying something about sport. Yeah. It was actually as a result of sports. And wh- and what was happening got,
0: what was happening in the sport that you think led him to happened, that point?
3: What had happened, and um, uh, he he was he was playing a sport. He was very good at it, but um, he suffered with um, a medical condition also, okay. um, a very minor one. But um, and he could play the sport with it, and he probably had it from birth, but it never reared its head. But when it did, he he did have to have surgery on it, um, and he had surgery, and um, he was out of training and everything for quite a few weeks. And just when he came back to training, he was just seemed to be left sidelined. They never put the effort in to help him get back to his fitness. Um, I know, and that I just know. played on him because I he was know. so good. And like he was so good that there were a couple of cl- clubs looking for him and he could pick what club he played for. Um, but he never played a sport again. I mean, that was from the age of say, 13, So his, 14, his confidence until, was destroyed. Yeah. yeah yeah. completely completely um and um also i will say um he i actually ended up changing him from one school to another as well
0: because the uh, school didn't in deal with well, well. it yeah
3: because the school didn't deal with it at all i would say I mean, and, and this is
0: what i said to megan when i was talking to megan earlier on who uh, was 18 who is 18 she was on the air talking to us and yeah. she said the school didn't really have an understanding. And and by the way, this is quite common. I'm not blaming every school for this. It's quite common that if you went into school, as I said to Megan with a broken leg, they would assist you or they would accommodate you or help you. But when you give them a mental health problem because you can't see it, they just pawn you off.
3: Yeah, I actually actually spoke to him about moving schools. He didn't want to move school because his brothers had gone to the same school um, and I never had an issue. Um, But I'm telling you, when you have an issue with a child and you have um, like his with his illness, you, you, you then see a different side of the school. Um, and mm. I did, I mean, and, and dare I say it, Tusla,
0: um,
3: yeah. um, I mean, oh my God, nightmare.
0: Okay, nicer. well, you know, I, the, I think your feelings are shared by a lot of people yeah. who've used TUSLA, and I don't know why we're still in this position with TUSLA.
3: Yeah. I mean, when, when, in the previous school he was in, like, any time, every so often, I'd be called in because he'd missed so many days. I mean, everyone was aware of what he was going through. Everyone knew what, we, I mean, every teacher got their email to say, you know, such a one is, you know, has has you know an illness and we need to be tread carefully or whatever but yet every time every few days that he had missed it was Tusla was in i moved him to a new school and i thought i made the worst decision of my life when i moved him because i was constantly getting calls from him he'd be in the toilet ringing me to bring it to come and collect him he didn't want to go into class and we didn't want to do this and um only once was i brought in by Tusla and that was to introduce me to the representative for that school in case i needed anything that, and was that was that year, was their only interjection, from, yeah. From second year till the day he left that school, I was never, ever saw Tusla again. Which was great because they, they he wasn't being pulled in because he missed a day because of his illness. They, the school understood his illness. They actually, I remember sitting, and I tell this story, I remember sitting at a parent-teacher meeting and at this school, the actual the student sits with you in front of the teacher. Yeah. And I remember the teacher saying to me, you know, it's very clever. If he applies himself he's very clever and he's, he's he's a good student but you're not applying yourself and he just said I, and what was what, what? he didn't like to be singled out he didn't want to be asked a question in class because um, he didn't want in case he didn't know the answer he was afraid so he told her that and she, she made a deal with him she said I'll make a deal with you if I don't ask you a question in class will you promise me that you'll be present in my class for every class and he said yeah and that's all it took a little bit of understanding
0: just to accommodate um, him and accommodate how accommodate he was feeling. Him. Yeah. and to
3: make sure he went into school because that was my issue. I couldn't get him to school because he didn't want to be in school because he didn't, you know, he felt so vulnerable. And um, even his head teacher said to him one day, look, he said, if you're not feeling well and you don't want to be in class, I don't want you to be sitting in a toilet ringing your mother to come and collect you. I want you to be able to go somewhere that you can just sit and chill out for whatever length of time you need. And he made his own office you know, available is it, is it,
0: to is it, him. Isn't that, he made the office available, isn't that wonderful that, 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 that yeah. the school were so caring and understanding that they wanted yeah. him to succeed. Yeah. And I, I'm assuming, what, what age was he when he changed schools, 15, 16 was he?
3: He was 14 when he changed okay. school.
0: Okay. Yeah. And what age and is he now, it by It took the way? him
3: a year, it took him a year to settle in and whatever, and I was still, and actually, he's, he's 21 now, he just turned 21 a couple of weeks ago, and he's a completely different child or adult, should adults, should I say now. Adults. I know, but they're, they're but, always
0: their children, by the way, Dorothy. Always their yeah. children, yeah. But
3: he's just, I never, I actually sit and cry sometimes, and I think I never thought I'd get this far with him. I never thought he'd be so independent and have such a group of friends and be just like the rest of his, like his brothers, because that's all he wanted to be. He wanted to be like his brothers.
0: But you, obviously, there was a very, there was a fear, a real fear, a genuine fear at one yeah. stage that he was now, going down I, a very dark road. Yeah. yeah,
3: but can I just add one thing? When I moved him to the new school, the one thing that, this, uh, that the, um, the, uh, the counsellor said to me, because I went to her for advice and I had a meeting with her and whatever, and she said, the one thing she said to me, she said, Dorothy, I'm just going to tell you one thing. In this country, if you want to get anything for your son, unfortunately, you're going to have to pay for it. It's going to cost you money. It's the only way you're going to get service. And and isn't
0: this the sad part that, you know, they say money doesn't buy your health? No. Uh, and and now, I found, I, in a similar situation to yourself, again, with my own daughter at the time, and when she was a bit younger, I had a, had a bit of a difficulty. Yeah. If I didn't pay for something, I wasn't going yeah. to get it. I'd be waiting eight months for it. Because now, cams, I, I, unfortunately, I, you will be waiting as, as long as uh, the Emperor Hadrian waited for his wall to be built. Um, yeah. Unfortunately.
3: Yeah, now I did, and that's what I, that's what I did. That's the first thing I did. She gave me uh, three or four names and numbers, um, and one of them I got an appointment with straight away. Um, now, I might just add, I was doing this on my own. Um, I was separated. I was raising five children on my own. So Undone, I well do done to you, by the way. That was to this on my own, no yeah, and so I actually rang this this woman, the psychotherapist, and I got an appointment, and I went. To, I'll never forget the drive down. It was like, oh my god, his face in the car, and just where where are we going, why are we doing it? He came out with a spring in his step like a different person. After
0: one session with the psychotherapist?
3: After one session with it Now, very Do you
0: think it was just because he wanted to talk to somebody about how he felt and he felt it was safe to talk to the person? He, is he did, that what but it was?
3: also, now I have a, a, one very important thing is it's okay talking to somebody and telling somebody how you feel and them talking to you, but you have to have a connection with this person. I found that with my son. He had to click with the person or else you weren't going to get anything. Of
0: course, yeah, of course. And, and that's why also, I said for, psych, for some people, you know, one psychotherapist will work with one person but it absolutely. might work with somebody else. It depends on the personalities yeah. of the two people.
3: And also she sat, I had a, a session with her before she ever met my son and she sat with me and went through how I was feeling and what I was going through and then discussed him.
0: Because um, the thing about it is when he comes home you have to be the psychotherapist then.
3: Absolutely. You know I mean?
0: As a Isn't parent. It? Yeah. Yeah,
3: And at any time I could have a session with her if I needed it. I never did. Um But it, 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 it cost me now. I mean, and I, and I was on my own like I, had, cheap, I had to travel no. I had to travel it took three hours out of my evening once a week every week for weeks and weeks and weeks at 70 euro a pop so it was an hour to drive to the session an hour at the session and an hour home from the session um, but it was well worth it
0: I mean look at him now you say he's, tw- he's, tw- he's 21 now and he's a changed man
3: absolutely and the, the, the therapist's name was Laura and to this day to this day, my son will tell you, Laura saved his life.
0: Oh, that's wonderful to hear. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm delighted. Well, well done to Laura, by the way. Yeah. And yeah. I'm delighted. And, oh. and it is, it's getting a recommendation to get to see the right person. Yeah. Because like absolutely. every career and every job, sadly, some of them are absolutely amazing and they understand people. But there are ones, yeah. I'm sure, that are useless.
3: Yeah. But number one, you know? you'll have to pay for the services if you want to get anywhere. Yes, I agree. And, and number two, there has to be something for the parents.
0: As no, the, I, mean, I couldn't agree with you more, age, couldn't agree with you more. There
3: has to be something, because they're the ones at the end well, of the well, day... Well, you're, you're the, the ones leave. on
0: the, you're on the coalface, yeah. you're the one dealing with I mean,
3: it. the yeah. days I stood at the bottom of the stairs, roaring up at them to get up for school, I mean, and I'm turning around then, and I'm saying to, to me, my daughter, saying, should I be doing this? What should I be doing? Should I be calling them? Should I be roaring at them, whatever? And, and she was studying at the time, she was in college doing uh, uh, social care, and um, so it was great to have her, but... um it was just awful you just don't know what to do with them
0: should I leave him in bed Is it should what, what should him? I do yes yeah. of course should yeah. you leave
3: him in the room for the day in bed and that's what he did he used to spend his days in bed all day every day okay. he put on so much weight and oh my god it was just horrendous and like he's lost all the well, weight look. now He's isn't he, isn't he lucky progress.
0: that he had such a yeah. wonderful mother, by the way, who cared so much about him that you into like that think much so. trouble? Yeah. Yeah, I
3: mean, Dorothy. it took me a long time, but we do we do have to take the credit. You know, when, when you do something like that, you do have to stand back and take the credit. Well I,
0: well, I hope, by the way, he's 21 now. I hope he gives you a big hug every time he sees you and thanks you for, for oh, making his life better.
3: Absolutely. He's Listen, great, great Dorothy, guy, yeah. it's
0: been lovely right. talking to you and thanks for Thank sharing that not. with us. All right, thanks. I appreciate okay. it. I right. want to go to James just before I finish this up today because James is a clinical psychotherapist. James, good afternoon to you.
4: Hi, night. How are you? Okay,
0: it's interesting and nice to have you on. Towards the end and listening to all those people's stories, and Megan and Peter and Dorothy with her son as well, and this all came from an email we got from somebody who has a twenty-one-year-old daughter who has a very dark cloud over, and she says, and the mother says, as I'm writing the email, I'm in tears. I fear that I'm going to wake up someday and find her dead. Um, and you know, for parents to worry about their child, and I know it's twenty-one, but it's still her child, I suppose. Twenty-one, and Dorothy worrying about her thirteen-year-old. We never know the right thing to do. The children don't come with a book, and they can be severely depressed, and we don't recognise it.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. And it was funny that that last caller that I was on because my daughter, who's twenty-one, and has Asperger's, which is on the autism spectrum. When we were listening to the call, listening to your show and it started off earlier on, I just asked her. I said, "What helped you um, come out of this and work through your depression and suicidal thoughts and anxiety?" And her answer was environment, so just like that last caller, having parents that are understanding and opening and Mm. willing to listen. However, the challenge that you have as a parent, I've also got a daughter who's 14 who's highly anxious as well, and not through any help of mine, she actually came out of it because of a teacher who actually gave her the environment to listen and be appreciative of her. So it's very important what that last caller said and also for parents to get help. I mean, and the school a, were
0: wonderful to Dorothy, that the principal uh, even said, you can u- use my office, don't sit in the toilet calling your mummy to come and collect you. Use my office and chill out. Or the teacher who said, look, I won't ask you a question in the class, provided you promise me that you will try harder. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's it's yeah. a cooperating with people.
4: Yeah, and it's like having that support system around yeah. as well. And look, I know that they text in about... When I was texting into, you I was saying about the doctors and medication and we all know or would agree that medication is a part to play but unfortunately the doctor's hands are a bit tied at the moment because they're they're, they're poor to call us to refer to cams cams are inundated they can't handle the the, the amount of people are coming to them at the moment but there's lots of people like me clinical people psychotherapists and psychoanalysts and stuff around and you know our therapists and play therapists and many of us around that should be able to be a part of call for doctors to pass on their numbers. Like you said, there's not going to be one therapist for everybody, but there is therapy out there for everybody uh, once you find the right one. The
0: problem for a lot of parents is, I'm just going to say, James, is financial reasons. I mean, okay, I mean, look, obviously you have to make a living. Yeah. so you have to charge people and some parents just don't have Dorothy went out of her way she worked hard as a single parent with five kids that was difficult for her but she'd paid the 70 quid a week to see the therapist but some people might just not have that 70 quid a week you know what I mean
4: and that and that's a problem, therein isn't? Therein lies the problem. Yeah. yeah that's that and Darren lies the problem with the the, the, the health service at the moment and now, I don't expect well, you to
0: work for free James I'm not suggesting you should you know what I mean but that is no, the problem. But I mean
4: like, to be honest about it no i I, I I can definitely speak for myself and from colleagues that I know and work with. Like, all of us have the availability to be able to, you know, help people who are in need in some way, shape, or form. Like, I volunteer myself in a, in a cancer support center for free. Do you know what I mean? So there is availability for people to get help um, with therapists that are willing to do it. So it's worth making the phone call and explaining your circumstances to each individual therapist. And hopefully people out there will do it. So, so what do
0: you what do you say to parents who are out there at the moment who have a young person, maybe 16, 15, 16 years of age, that seems to be a very vulnerable age because they're doing exams and stuff like that. And they, they've obviously made an appointment to try and get to see cams. You could be on a waiting list for 18 months for cams, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's unfortunately just the way it is. The government don't seem to be doing enough about it at the moment. Um, um, and they really need to see somebody like you or, a, you know, a psychotherapist um, because maybe for them medication is not the answer so so what do they do if they can't afford that and cams the public list is going to be 18 months what do they do
4: so like there is you've mentioned some of the services out there already so there is therapists like me that will offer reduced rates or you know some may do for free temporarily or whatever can't speak for everybody but there is therapists like me that will adhere to other people's circumstances aware like you mentioned before is a great resource myminds.ie they have a reduced service uh, pricing system as well, so there is resources out there. But look, it's hard to get it for free, unfortunately, not because as you said, everybody has an individual has to make a living, but with, with the government regulations changing, which hopefully is going to change in the next four or five years, there then may be an availability for the government to allow us to be subsidised to help the parents and help the children that are out there.
0: Mm-hmm that would be the hope and do you think psychotherapy works for everybody or when I say works for everybody of course it doesn't work for everybody but do you I mean some people don't have a huge amount of faith in psychotherapy some do I mean so why why is it it works well for some and not for others
4: so again I can only speak for myself so I probably would be trained in modalities of psychotherapy counseling and hypnotherapy which is three different modalities in their own way so it, it 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 does really matter on the rapport that's built up with the therapist and the client or the child. That's of massive importance. It does... Um, it can be very hard, now to talk about some of the stuff that goes on inside you. You know what I mean? To anybody, especially a stranger, so there can be difficulties there. I mean... Is psychotherapy a one-for-all? Absolutely not. Um, like, if in Ireland at the moment, the go-to therapy is CBT. And that is the go-to therapy for all from the HSC here. And unfortunately, CBT, even though it's really, really good and it works for quite a lot of people, it's not for everybody. So it's about finding the therapy that suits you. And that will come down to how the therapist talks to you, how they explain to you. Like, we're all trained in how the mind works and what the mind does and why it does what it does and how you can... um, change all habitual patterns and stuff like that. So it's it's it really comes down to the interview therapist being able to build up rapport with clients. Mm-hmm. Trust creating a safe environment and obviously then you have the confidentiality stuff as well. See
0: people I suppose people go to you sometimes they don't actually know what's wrong with them. Do, do you know something they just know that they don't feel right. And they know that things are not going well in their life and they but they don't know what's wrong with them.
4: Oh, they'll come in and they'll say I'm highly anxious, but you won't know why they're anxious. Yeah. And then through walking with them, you may find something that they weren't even aware of was the trigger because we're going to be looking for triggers. Is there always a trigger?
0: Is there always a trigger?
4: Yeah, 100. I would, I, in my opinion, definitely just always a trigger. And,
0: and can the trigger be something recent, or could it be something from their past, or is it something from their childhood? That could be now an adult, and it was something from the childhood. I mean, where where is the trigger? It's not something very obvious, like maybe a death in the family or something like that, is it? Or,
4: um, again, triggers could be anywhere from last week to last year to 10 years ago. It varies on the different person and a, a grief absolutely could be a trigger, yeah.
0: 100%. Is that the most common trigger? Uh,
4: in my experience, no. Okay. Not the most common trigger. It would be to do... There would be a lot of stuff in... So I deal mainly with anxiety and depression would be my special area of, for expertise. And most of the people coming to me, you will find that there's some traumatic incident that's happened somewhere in their life generally concerning other people or situations that they've been exposed to and didn't know how to handle at the time. So the mind comes up with a way to handle it, which generally isn't in our own benefit. So it doesn't make us feel good, even though it thinks it's protecting us.
0: Okay, so something they've kind of blocked out for many, many years ago. Yeah. And, I, and I'm sure at the moment, by the way, um, finances for people is a big problem, paying bills you know, the financial worries of life is something that people yes. worry quite a lot about. And would I, 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 I be right in thinking that the financial aspect of life, i.e. providing for a family, is affecting men more than it affects women?
4: It's a massive pressure, and that's due to social, for well, social expectations. Okay. I mean, that Going back to that old way of thinking that the man's the provider and all that type of stuff, I mean, um, and like, Again, for men out there, there's lots of resources for help in that area. And, like, you have the men's sheds all over the country.
0: Yeah, we've spoken to them many, on the air many times. They're wonderful organisations. Yeah. yeah, And,
4: and they, they're there to support men. And, you know, there's no heart. Like, look, I'm a man, you're a man. You've gone through your difficulties and you spoke about them on the air. I'm not going to chew all mine because there's many of them. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there was that stigma of being a man that you had to be strong and, you know, turn your cheek and... Um, don't cry. And man don't up, man up tomorrow. as they
0: say, yeah, yeah. Man,
4: get on with it, yeah. Life yeah. is tough, build a bridge, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, the, the, the key, I suppose, to coming through most of our challenges and difficulties is facing up to what they are and, and getting in connection with the emotions and what's behind it. Do you know what I mean? And the freedom that you find at the end of it is unreal. Do you know, as, as as I'm sure a lot of you are. Yeah, yeah. said. different different scenarios that have helped them. But it was accepting what was going on and where it was coming from and being able to manage it and get through it, you know.
0: Look it's been wonderful talking to you and, and it's been wonderful talking to everybody today in relation to this because I think it's something that it's shared amongst a lot of the population because I think we'd be surprised when we listen to the, the facts and the statistics in relation to James how many people suffer from depression at some point in their life. Some people will yeah. suffer for a, over a long period of time but others it's a, you know, a temporary kind of stop off in life where they're dealing with a particular issue. But I think, I think yeah. we've all been there James
4: absolutely yeah 100% even your even, love-
0: even yourself and i and i'm sure I, if you as a yeah. psychotherapist if you get depressed you can't really deal with your own problems you you probably have to go and see somebody else then <laughs> i have
4: to go and talk to my colleagues yeah yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
0: all right listen james thanks very, right, much, thanks very much and thanks for the advice okay. all right okay yeah. so for people out there listening yes it might cost you a little bit of money um, because obviously everybody doesn't work for free. But James did mention there, by the way, there are places. My If you go to that, and he did say, aware was a good place as well if you wanted to get some advice on who to talk to as well. One eight hundred eighty forty eight forty eight. So if you know if you have somebody you're dealing with, be it a husband, a wife, a child, and you're just looking for a bit of advice on who you can talk to, or the best way to get to it, uh, try aware, one eight hundred eighty forty eight forty eight. Of course there are always the Samaritans as well if you just want to reach out and talk to somebody and you don't want to get go any further than that about it. One uh double one six one two three that's double one six one two three and they'll give you some good good advice too as well too. All right. But reach out. The most important thing is if you are feeling down And you're feeling that moment that a lot of people have described today, you know, that you just can't carry on. Please, please talk to somebody because I promise you, it'll change your life if you talk to somebody. It'll save your life in some cases. Just talk to somebody. Don't keep it to yourself. It's an impossibility to keep it to yourself and make yourself better. It just doesn't work. You need to share your problem. So please do talk to somebody. And it says, thanks Niall for your show today. I was listening as I was driving to a woods with a ladder and a rope on the back seat. Your openness and your honesty is refreshing. I'll be listening to your show on Monday, thankfully. Well, I'm glad you're listening to the show on Monday, and I hope you'll be listening to it on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And I says, please don't mention my name. Obviously, I won't mention your name. But, and I hope you'll be listening for a long, long time. Remember, of course, there are always people you can talk to. There are always people you can reach out to. And uh, you're welcome to call us here anytime as well, by the way. Um, and once again, as well, of course, you can contact the Samaritans if anybody wants. If they feel they've nobody else to talk to, you can talk to the Samaritans as well. The number again: double one six one two three. But always remember, there are some, so many wonderful things in your life. So many wonderful things in your life. You know, it's easy to focus on the bad parts, and I do that. I've done that. I've been there uh, when I went through a marriage breakup at the time, and I can focus on the negative points in your life. And then there are some wonderful parts of your life. And in my life now, I have a wonderful partner. Who I share everything with and that is the wonderful part of my life and that is the thing that's worth living for. So please, please always focus on the good things in your life and I hope you're listening and tuning in on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and every other day as well and take part in the show sometime, call in, alright let us know how you feel.
3: Real people, real opinions,
0: real talk radio, the multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show.